On today's episode of Inside Millennial Mind, we have Evan Lahada. He is Managing Director and Head of Client Experience at Pershing BNY Mellon. He has an extremely decorated career in financial services, so it's an honor to be able to speak to him today about technology and the client experience when you invest. Thank you for joining me, Evan. Thanks for coming to Orlando. Appreciate it, Dave. Yeah, you got it. So, you know, to explain to our, our listeners, can you explain your position and what exactly you do with BNY Mellon Pershing? Yeah, sure. Uh, so I've got the f- good fortune of being the head of client experience for our advisor solutions business. Uh, so we work with uh, 700 advisory firms at BNY Mellon Pershing, uh, and my team is the tip of the spear uh, serving those advisory firms on a daily basis, helping them with custodial functions, uh, processing the work on their client's behalf, and whether that's opening a new account, moving assets, helping them settle trades, all the functions that go along with supporting uh, the investments that we hold and the the custody business, uh, and so we've got a team of 140 employees in four locations, uh, serving advisory firms and investors on their behalf. Wow, that's awesome. So, you know, as you guys work with a lot of you know, wealth management, investment management firms like myself, what do you see in the future for our industry, and specifically, um, you know, on the end client user experience? Where is that heading? Yep, yep. So, you'll, you know, if we all read a lot and hear a lot, client experience is becoming kind of the new buzzword of as we think about how we architect a process, a screen, a form, uh, all together. And so we, we know who we serve, right? We serve professionally managed, growth-oriented advisory firms. Uh, and so everything that we design is really from an advisor-led perspective. We know that's important, um, that we are... Uh, an extension of those advisory firms brand and that's important to us so that we can you can uh, maintain your own brand and your experience with your clients uh, and so we do well when we're not noticed and so building an experience that allows you as the advisor to work with your clients in a very efficient and effective way is, is an important part of kind of how we think about uh, designing processes so uh, the more efficient the more mobile the more um, integrated, we can make those experiences is important as long as it's advisor-led, right? We never want to go direct to the consumer. We work through our uh, advisory firms to do that. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's kind of the first part of how we think. The second part is we've recently taken a look at the advisory firms that we work with and realized that you are all consuming our technology differently. Um, some of you, we call, we call your adopters, you're taking everything that uh, BNY Mellon Pershing provides and you're using it as is. There's a, there's a model for that. Most of our advisory firms, though, are in that middle, middle group we call the integrators. You're taking disparate um, third-party systems. You want us to help weave them together and reduce the friction between those providers, right? How do we stitch them together? How do we share the data so that it's, it's more integrated? And then third, we have our creators. We've got fintech firms who are building their own solutions that want to use our APIs uh, to connect uh, and, and share the data. And so knowing that we serve clients in different models and how you use our technology is, in, is influencing how we build things and how we architect. Yeah, that's really, that's really interesting because, um, you know, what do you think creates the most efficiencies for these advisory firms? Uh, is it good to take just your model or is it, does it create inefficiencies when you bring in third parties but also might have more futuristic uh, properties? Yeah, it's, it's absolutely a balance, right? The part of it is advisory firms, I think, struggle with differentiation and how they hold themselves out to the marketplace, right? If you go look at any many advisory firms' website, they say they're holistic planners that work in their clients' best interest, and there's not a lot of differentiation. Mm-hmm. And so the technology experience is one way that they can try to uh, differentiate. And so they do want to pick unique providers to help 
stitch together the experience that they want. To your point though, that absolutely does add some complexity as you're adding more providers into that ecosystem, as you're dependent on them to work together and pass data so that when one makes an update, the other one can catch it. Uh, so it is, uh, it is a slippery slope of complexity, um, but critical to the differentiation and the experience that uh, advisory firms are trying to build. Yeah, because one of the things that I see just on that point is you, know, you incorporate all these different softwares and programs. That's great for the client but it's not scalable when you have to enter data into multiple areas yeah. and then the end client doesn't see everything they need to see. Yeah. Um, so, you know, one of the things that I've, you know, that I know about you is that you're on the advisory board for the technology committee at Pershing. Yeah. Uh, what do you see coming and what do you think is the most important thing to your company and what is your guys' priority in the next few years to uh, embrace? Yep. Uh, so I do I represent our business on the Pershing's Technology Prioritization Committee, and that is kind of our oversight and governance committee on how does Pershing invest our technology resources. Um, and so there's a couple of things. First is is the non-sexy stuff, right? We, we, we need to invest, um, you know, 40 to 50 percent of our uh, technology budget on just getting us better, right? And that means uh, being more efficient at the technology that we deliver, upgrading the technology that we deliver, but it's also the risk and resiliency. It's keeping the bad guys out. It's cyber. Um, you know, we're entrusted to hold uh, Pershing almost $2 trillion in assets, uh, and so we take that responsibility very seriously. And when you look across broader BNY Mellon, it's almost $34 trillion in assets. So, um, you know, making sure that the uh, security is safe, that the bad guys are kept out, uh, and that we're making sure that we're upgrading technologies is an important part mm -hmm. of, of that kind of investment. So it is the non-sexy part, but uh, it is what we've, uh, what we've known for, what we've relied on. Uh, and, you know, BNY Mellon's been in business for since uh, 1784. That doesn't happen without continually innovating as a 230-year, you know, startup. So, yep. uh, so we got to keep focused on that. So that's the, the non-sexy stuff. There's a lot of compliance things, too, that add another 10 or 15% on top of that, right? Uh, GDPR is a new data protection regulation coming Gotten out Gotten way Europe. too many emails about that. Yeah, I, got, <laughs> I think random companies are sending me emails about <laughs> GDPR. Uh, and so we need to be part of that, too, right? And part of that's... Um, giving uh, consumers the right to f um, be forgotten. That's kind of the key principle there. I don't want you to have my data anymore, you need to delete it. And we've got data stored in millions of places, uh, and so we need to kind of be more mindful and be able to delete it upon request. Um, then you start getting into kind of more th the more sexy stuff and, and what we're focused on. Um, it, what we think is important for advisory firms to kind of think about, um, you know, everyone talks about robo, and do we need to have robo? The robo, I think, noise has come and gone. What's really important when you think about client experience uh, is a personalized and instantly gratifying experience. That, that's what I think clients look for, consumers look for, right? Personalized and immediately gratifying. So um, how can I help deliver something that's targeted just for you, David? It's got your information in it, and it's real time, and it, it's speaking to you. And the firms that are going to start to figure out that personalized and instantly gratifying experience work, right? It happens in Uber. I don't get my car right away, but they tell me that the car is eight minutes away. So that's gratifying to me to help me manage through my journey. As we think about financial planning, don't tell me that I'm going to retire when I'm 65 or 62. Tell me what's happening now that's getting me closer to that journey. And so being able to transform from investment management to that holistic planning um, in that kind of Uber-like experience mm -hmm. from here's when your car is coming and now here's when you're at your destination, um, I think is what we'll kind of start to see uh, and some of the sexier things that we're th thinking about helping our advisory firm. Yeah, so, you know, for someone like me, what, what would you tell them in terms of 
what they should be looking for in their investor experience? Right. Should it just be investment management or should it be a bigger picture than that? Yeah. And so, you know, it's, it's as you're accumulating your wealth, you got to think about more than just the investment management part of it, right? There are decisions you can make now um, that will impact your retirement down the road. And so there is certainly more uh, to, to, uh, to see. And we're seeing, you know, the firms that traditionally offer just investment management offering a broader, um, you know, more holistic family office, wealth management planning kind of right. right. So also seeing a lot of advisory firms um, figure out in their value proposition charging differently for that. I've got my investment management fee, and I've got a separate fee for for financial planning and helping, especially as you get into complex high net worth families who need, you know, multi-layered trust accounts and all that kind of um, complex, you know, tax strategy. Um, it's, a, it's a separate fee that advisory firms are looking to add on as a service that they offer in addition to the asset management, right? Mm -hmm. You may or may not even invest any assets. You're just going to have a financial plan, that, and that's uh, an um, important uh, thing as well. Uh, and recently, the thing that's kind of come up is, especially I think as the millennials are used to that instant gratification, is the responsiveness of the firm. How, how are they architected to serve you um, quickly? It doesn't need that everything needs to be done now, but they need to be able to keep you in the loop as uh, as your plan progresses, as you evolve. It's not about a quarterly results meeting anymore, which is kind of the traditional model mm -hmm. for wealth management. We'll meet, we'll t print out a report, let's talk through it. That's not how you're used to getting information. Uh, and so it's, it needs to be that more instantly gratifying kind of showing my progress, right? It's, right. it's gamification. My kids spend hours playing Fortnite. Um, <laughs> they love when they tear up and get to the next level. Uh, in your financial plan, you're gonna want the same thing, right? And so, um, you want to see that I've tiered up, I've gotten to the next level, I've saved whatever that next milestone is, and mm -hmm. now I can do the next thing. I think that kind of concept um, that my kids show me all the time in Fortnite is what's going to happen kind of into, in the world. Especially because that's what they're growing up with. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they see that progression. They want a badge. They want the next thing, the next, um, you know, skin or axe. Uh, we, that's what we want. In, in, yeah, exactly. So what so. is that, that badge? How would you illustrate that to a client? an end client and how would they feel gratified when they're advancing in their career like that? Yeah, so I think um, when you get into kind of financial planning, it's going to be turning that into be a little bit more of a game of if I do this, this is what's going to happen if I make these decisions. And so that kind of real time interaction in, a, in the financial planning space is going to happen. Our role at Pershing is to be able to provide the data so those financial planning solutions as they evolve can use real time information from what's going on now. Um, to be able to deliver that to the uh, you know consumers, millennials, Gen Xers, whoever they may be, um, and so being able to prepare to have that kind of infrastructure to support those that that gamification wherever it may come from uh, is kind of how we think about how we're spending our money. Yeah. So don't want to take up too much time. I know it's no. an extremely busy uh, week we have here, but if you were to give someone you know in my age group advice. Uh, in terms of investing and, and finding that, that person to work with, what advice would you give them? Yep. Uh, so, uh, so, so one is start now. Right? So, so we, I think uh, it's one of our mistakes is we wait too long and we rely on uh, others to kind of that, that financial planning to help. And I get when it's tough as, we're, as you're especially accumulating wealth and we may not have enough to get uh, of, uh, the right kind of financial advice. Um, but start now and kind of have that plan for it. Uh, and the second is... Um, 
figuring out what your expectation is of that experience that you want, right? There are firms that, that don't deliver that experience yet, but they are outstanding financial planners. Uh, and But it, would you rather gravitate towards someone who's more digital, real-time, and, and can provide what you need? Um, it, it's also about making a connection with the person that you're working with, right? We're, we're all used to that very digital, self-service, I don't talk to anyone mentality. Um, but you can't get past the emotion of investing. There's emotion involved in money, um, and so having a clear path so that you can survive and tolerate when the market dips 2,000 points, which you can do at any given day, um, creating a relationship with someone to help you through those decisions and stick to that plan, uh, you need to be mindful of as well. So it's not just about who's got the coolest tools and who's got the, um, the, the best app to help you invest. As a millennial, it's also starting to develop a relationship with someone that can guide you through you know, the, all the phases. So your, your perspective is that there's always going to have to be a human touch in, in you know, advisory. Now maybe that'll be a, in the way I say it, is bionic, both digital and human. Is that kind of what you're seeing? Yeah. So look, there are 30,000 less investment professionals than there were 10 years ago. Um, when the internet came out in the late 90s, early 2000s, everyone thought travel agents were going to go away, right? I'm going to book all my travel on Expedia and Travelocity, and I'll never need a travel agent again. Travel agent in, um, industry, uh, U.S. Census data says it's gone from about $10 billion in 2007 to over $17 billion today. Steady growth mm -hmm. year over year in the travel agent industry. The internet didn't destroy travel agents. It enhanced it. The internet's destroyed bad travel agents, and the good ones use the internet to build their business. Uh, and I think similar will happen with financial advisors. Um, you know the. The ones that are able to embrace the technology, be bionic in your words, I totally agree, are going to be able to be have more capacity, serve more clients than they can today, and be more efficient at delivering their advice to their clients. That's Those are the firms that are going to win, the ones that can really figure out that scale mm -hmm. and that uh, embrace. But I agree that there will always be people involved. Uh, it's just too emotional. It's too complex to talk about. Here, here's what I'm concerned about. You can't do over a, over a you know, a, kind of a basic model on putting together an ETF portfolio. Yeah. So I'm going to spin that question uh, to be more generic. If you were to talk to yourself at 25 years old, what advice would you give yourself? You know, you've had a really great career, uh, you know, working at Prudential and then, you know, being where you are at BNY Mellon now. What advice would you have for yourself? Uh, so that's a good question. Advice my younger self. Um, so if I'm talking to my younger self, um, do a couple things. One is um, hit the gym a little bit more because <laughs> um, it gets harder as you have three kids to get to the gym now and then. So you need to take care of that when you're young and you can so that you can leverage that uh, throughout the rest <laughs> of your life. Um, but on a professional basis, I, I think look, I'm, I'm thrilled with where I am. Uh, I, I've uh, done some good work. I work with great people. I'm excited about that. But it's always about think about should we take the risk and what's that? Did I take a safe safe bet just to be uh, you know kind of comfortable and worrying about uh, you know um, being a little bit risky, and not worrying about pushing the envelope, maybe push the corporate culture a little bit. Uh, and so I've been on the edges of helping to push to make change to drive some things, and that's had success. And look back and say if I did a little bit more, would it uh, have made even a bigger change? Mm -hmm. So. Um, you know, that the striking that balance of uh, having the confidence to know when to push uh, and, and make change and being able to know when it's uh, too much is a, is a fine line to walk. But, yeah, but absolutely. I always think about that. Uh, you know, and what I see with my friends is that we're incredibly impatient. 
when it comes yeah, to yeah. our jobs we're like why are we not in your position right now yep. so you know one of the things i think about is just understanding that it takes time to get yeah. to where you are and it's not you know i was actually watching the uh the banner of the opening conference just today mm-hmm. and it's grass growing and i thought to myself you need to plant that seed before you're fully grown before you become like a a real tree or a real blade of grass that's takes time it's not immediate it's not overnight it's got to take 20 years to to become that yeah. season that that professional that you've become uh, the, the other advice i like to give and it um is, is just especially in, as you're doing clearly you've taken a, a control of is getting out th- putting yourself out there whether whatever public speaking opportunity that is opportunity to give a speech we you know everyone knows it's everyone's you know greatest fear mm-hmm. people would uh you know prefer to go to prison than to give a speech <laughs> um but those create those opportunities where you can meet someone who sees you talking or uh, network with someone that w- was unexpected or connect to an idea to someone in your staff that didn't realize that that was your vision. So putting yourself out there um, and, and getting comfortable with telling a story uh, is critical to um, you know, continuing to pr- pr- progress your career. Yeah, well, I really appreciate your time. Uh, I know it's extremely valuable, so go and do what you got to do. Fantastic. Thank you for having me at this conference, and it was a pleasure having you on my, on my episode. Thanks for coming inside. Appreciate the opportunity. Awesome. Thank you, Evan.